The Everyman Podcast. Podcast. Another week, another pod. And I'm here. I'm blessed. I'm highly favored. I'm with my brother, the big Always. dog, Daryl Campbell. What's going on, bro? Oh, man. Another day in a cosmic canoe, man. We're mm. just rolling down that galactic stream, arm in arm, or in or in hands. Or in hand. Or in hands. <laughs> Pushing towards our galactic <laughs> journey. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what, man. I'm uh, I'm having a great couple couple days here. Just got to go see Between the Buried and Me at the TLA. Thank you, man. And last week we were talking, you know, the first concert back, what's it going to be like talking about that. And I'll tell you what. It was pretty fucking great. It was the first show back at the TLA. So it was the first time they were running. They didn't, the, the venue didn't really have their shit together. It was like, you could tell they were all like out of sync. Like the line was weird. The ticketing system broke. They messed up oh, my no. digital ticket and they had to reprint. It was a whole, it was a whole ordeal, but they, they recovered and, um, everybody was electric for the most yeah. part. And the crowd was, I mean, it was sold out like it usually is when BT band comes to town. And, um, only, you know, a few people were wearing masks, which do, is going to be crazy, but we're pretty consistent with our logic here. Do whatever makes you feel comfortable, you know, however you find yourself. Just do what you feel best doing. Yep. And a lot of people were doing that, which I think was cool. And and the band was excellent, without a doubt. And and there's videos all over social media you can check out. It was great seeing the boys. It was great. I got, got a chance to catch up with Blake and Dusty and... Um, you know, once they're off the road, they're going to come back on and talk about Colors 2 and what touring was like and all that stuff. So we're going to be seeing them soon. Um, but it was just something special to be back out with a bunch of people that wanted to be out, having a good time. You know, people having a drink and a meal at a local restaurant, going to see a show, putting money into their local economy and, you know, just having a good time and being being happy again, which was, which was a, a treat to say the least. Hell yeah, man. And prior to the show, I got to hang out with uh, a couple of the fellas and ladies from the Steakhouse. Um, the, the, a lot of the mods from Blake's Twitch channel there. And uh, I'll tell you what, a lot of every men and every woman out there in Philly that, that listen to our show and um, met a young guy. Uh, shout out, Mr. Bungle, um, who listens to the pod doing his job. Getting getting through shifts, and that's like why we do the show. Absolutely, um, that's you know what it's all about, and and we're so happy to be, uh, you know, putting a smile on on your faces and your ears face, putting putting a smile on your ears face, <laughs> your ears face, and it's cool to have that interaction in real life with somebody that that they like know you, but you don't, you've never met them, but they know you because they've been listening to you. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's like, it's like you're meeting a friend you didn't know you had and it's really right. cool. You know, right. it's really cool. Um, today on the podcast, we've got mm-hmm. Carrie Allen, who is another example of, you know, this cosmic canoe lifestyle. That's what it, it is, what it is at this point. We're going to call it a lifestyle. Yeah. It's a way of life. You should. And yeah. it just keeps coming back to us time and time again. And, and, Kerry says a couple things on this pod and, and about his, you know, 
I don't want to spoil, but how he connected out to drummers he looked up to in the first one that came back to him, and it just how it connects to us and his his personal connection to the CFL championship that Daryl, uh, you know, right rightfully won uh, in 2009 with the Alouettes, and um, it's it's really cool to meet and connect with somebody who you don't even know um, outside of professional interactions and and feel like you have all these these connections and it's all about that cosmic canoe and connecting yourself to like-minded and, and and similarly shared valued individuals and shining your light on everyone you meet yeah man bouncing sparks off one another just throwing sparks about and uh i'll tell you what we're i'm still working on my hickory run vlog which will be out soon um, <laughs> the Jason Bittner YouTube is up. The Eric Gillette YouTube is up. Go ahead and check those out. Awesome interviews from the past couple weeks on our YouTube channel. And uh, we've got some new stuff coming on our YouTube channel that I think you guys will be interested in. And we're going to be having, if you thought that the summer of the Everyman Part 2 was, was uh, elite, the fall of the Everyman 2021 is going to be chock full of uh, interviews with with your favorite musicians and, and our favorite guests so it's going to be awesome and with that brother we got to hit it and we got to get to our interview with mr carrie allen from modern era music Do it. joining us today on the everyman podcast is an everyman he's a friend he's a drummer he's an entrepreneur uh, i i call him carrie uh, ladies and gentlemen from from Modern Era Music, Carrie Allen. Carrie, what's up, brother? What is going on, gang? It's uh, it's nice to finally be on the show, dude. You know, it's after, after booking a few episodes. Yeah. I know it comes full it's circle. It comes full circle, <laughs> and you know, first thing I always ask, man, what's up? Where are you? What are you doing? What's going on? Uh, a whole lot of everything and a whole lot of nothing at the same time. Um, right now, um, if you've listened to past episodes, I manage Mike Leone also known as Mike Leon Shreds on Twitch. And uh, he's getting ready to go on tour with Soulfly in a couple of weeks. So pre-production next week. So just organizing him. I got a basement that's currently a studio right now, piecing that all together. And uh, I also play drums like Justin. Uh, I'm also awful with technology. So trying to figure <laughs> out how to um, connect interfaces and mixers and stuff has been my has been my life for the past week at least. And it's been an adventure. That's to- <laughs> not easy. That's nice. not easy. Now, where are you located physically? What is your so, physical location? To be, to be overly specific, I am in Shelburne, Ontario, Canada. Shelburne, mm-hmm. Ontario, Canada. I'll tell you what, you're, we're really building out our Canadian Cosmic Coalition here. <laughs> yeah, uh, between, we're flushing it out. We're between the, 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 the Labris and, you know, Carrie, right. this is, you know, we're really, we're really uh, growing our, our footprint up there. Um, how, how are things in Canada for you right now with uh, COVID and everything? Because I know... Things have been up and down. You and I were talking a couple of weeks ago offline, and you were you were saying it's you don't really know what's going on. So, what's the latest there with uh, regard to these uncircumcised times? Um, it's I honestly it it just got to a point where I stopped looking <laughs> in the, the last few days, um, and I've been happier for it. But um, I don't know. Uh, things are still kind of shut down, you know, in terms of like concerts and stuff. Outdoor events are. Uh, you know, not full capacity, but still, you know, happening to a, to a decent level. Um, that's about it right now. There's a bunch of shows and things booked for the end of the year that people are saying are happening regardless. Again, I'm trying not to look at the news. I'm just waiting for the, hey, you can do this now. And I'm like, oh, okay, great. And I'll yeah. <laughs> go about my life again. But until then, I'm kind of just sitting tight at home. I work from home, uh, thankfully. So 
not too much uh not too much risk on my end which is nice that's good now how did you get to you know you're talking about mike leon who by the way you know sent us some very classy merchandise oh, yeah. and uh Don't you know this on. is an audio only episode on. but right now i just put on my mike leon shreds as you can see my shred yeah. shades uh, shades. Oh, I like that. I'm, uh, I'm, I've got my bachelor party this weekend. I'm going to bring my shred shades with me. Um, you should <laughs> just for just, just because I want to bring them with me. So, uh, Mike was, it was a fantastic interview. Um, also, you know, Kev from alluvial, another Twitch streamer, another awesome dude. So mm-hmm. I kind of want to talk about how you and I got connected and how you became aware of the show. So, Obviously, you know, uh, Between the Barry to Me is a big part of my life personally, you know, a big part of my life professionally, um, and it, the, the, it's, the web is interwoven. And uh, just for example, you know, but I met my fiance at a Between the Barry to Me show, and just this past oh. week, we went, uh, saw them again. It was the first show back at the TLA, you know, and everybody's there, and it was killer. Um, and similarly... You became aware of the Everyman podcast and, and Big Dog Daryl Camel and myself because of a BT Band pod we did, right? Uh, yeah. So last year I uh, I lived in uh, British Columbia on the other side of the continent. BC. Uh, yeah, I love fucking beautiful. Oh, am I allowed to swear? That's oh yeah, fun. absolutely. Yes, you can. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, for yeah. BC you can. Yeah, yeah, okay, for, cool. sure, for sure, for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I lived in BC. I was kind of just chilling, and uh, you know, kind of. I was by myself. I didn't know anybody. Um, I was just about to start school and stuff. So, you know, I was on my laptop killing time because I didn't know what else to do. And uh, Twitch, saw Blake being a, a fan myself, uh, saw that. And then, you know, just kind of on that BG Bam kick, I just YouTubed it. Next thing you know, you've interviewed the whole band. I'm like, well, <laughs> might as well watch all of these. And, <laughs> you know, kind of started started that way. And then, you know, like you've had some other, like you've had, um, you know, Petrucci on um, the Mangini episode. Even some of like the other people I've, I've never heard of, um, like the uh, the two uh, women you had from NFL Films uh, back yeah. in April, you know, watched all of that and, you know, Every episode in between, like I just became a fan of the show. Long story short, That's I just became awesome. a fan of the show. Um, so yeah, so when I started, you know, working with Kev, um, you know, Alluvial, uh, which has Wes Hauk as guitar player, obviously has a connection to between the bear to me. I kind of just put all those pieces together, and Kev was looking to get out a little more by himself, and I kind of handled Kev's business, not Alluvial's, just to be clear on that. And I was like, hey, you know what I think would be a perfect show for you to be on is the Everyman Podcast. You know, the music is right up your alley you know the fan base is likely the same so thus i found justin on instagram which had a nice professional looking email attached to it i'm like thank god i don't have to message this guy on instagram it looks like a bum <laughs> and uh and the rest is history now here we are that's here right that's right and nice. and and the reason you know i i wanted to hear that from your perspective um because something that daryl and i talk about a lot on this show is you know what? What are we really trying to do here? And we're obviously we're having fun and having conversations that that entertain us and educate us certainly. Um, but one of the things is like helping people kind of access the tools that Daryl and I have used throughout our personal and professional journeys to to kind of just be able to level up when we can, when we shouldn't. You know, especially in my case. And. I feel that there's, you know, because it's, you, you know, you, you have, everybody has different obstacles in their path. Right. So 
one of the things we're always talking about is networking and just like contacting people and just doing the simple thing of just communicating and then having that conversation and putting yourself out there a little bit to, to somebody who's a stranger and building a network of your own that you can use to help each other, you know? And mm-hmm. from a, from a stance of like, I want to help this guy or I want to work with this guy because I like this person or I think our values generally align. Um, and the further it's, you go in life, real it, quick, that's, that's, it's a very important thing, you know, make sure your values align yeah. before anything. Cause you know, real quick, like there was some time back in January, I started working with uh, a band like here in Ontario and music was cool. And like, generally the guys were like, all right. But then as soon as you start working with them and you kind of see what their every day is like, you're like, Hmm, your music's cool, but this is an awful time. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, just like without getting too deep into it, you know, that kind of was sure. like, okay, like, you know, I'm just starting out, but you know, I really need to put up that, who am I going to work with? Well, not just with anybody. So, so yeah, dad, that's what you're saying about networking. Like, yeah, it's, it's always good to, to talk to the people you want, you know, you want to work with and building that right. relationship. And you think that's very, I'm just going to stress an importance on that. <laughs> Absolutely. And Absolutely. it's, and it's like, you know, um, just how many emails is, I send out, they get the old do not respond <laughs> or just immediate delete. Like I, and I've, and I've been, I always say to my fiance about rejection, like I'm not afraid to be told like these people, the worst they can do is just tell me, no, you suck in some capacity in, in writing. If they have the time, odds are they probably won't respond to me and you can send a thousand, you know, requests out there into the universe and it's only the couple that do respond that you really ultimately need to, to kind of do your own thing. And anytime that we have, you know, we talk about these things a lot and anytime we have a, a practical example of, you know, um, walking that walk and, and, you know, you mentioned, you know, Rachel Pricinger, like that, that pod right there, like that's something that, you know, um, resonated with a lot of people, like didn't matter anybody I talked to about it has said, you know, similar things. And, um, it's just cool when it actually, you can point to it like, yeah, this is, this came together as a result of just being interested in similar things and being a cool person and just putting yourself out there a little bit. You know, I found, I found the best thing with networking and like, it's cool. Like I just thought of this now, this is not even in my talking points because I'm <laughs> um, with, with the networking thing, you know, way back, like way back. Cause like I said, I play drums too. I, you know, do from time to time still, like I have the, uh, base, uh, the studio in the basement, you know, when it comes to networking, you know, I never wanted to be the person who just put another cover on social media. Um, I still don't generally like that idea for myself. Um, it just never, like appealed to me because like it, for me it was never about how many people saw it. it's like who's going to see it so you talk about sending out email requests for you know interviews and all that other stuff what i did like very young and i think what actually helped me today was i would just send e- like i would just shoot myself playing drums right like relatively professionally because like i'm awful with technology um you know and i would just put those in emails and dude i was emailing everybody like all of like all of my favorite drummers that's all. That's the only people I'd reach out to. Like, hey, like I came up with this. It's inspired by what you did here on like this song. Um, you know, like can you just like feed like any feedback to this is like awesome. Now, Justin, as I'm sure you know, and Daryl, I'm sure you know as well. The drumming community is probably the most welcoming community of people 
<laughs> ever. Um, and it's and it's a blast. And like you had him on the show, so you'll definitely know what I'm talking about. The first person to ever respond to one of my emails was Mike Mangini. Oh, come on, oh, yeah. dude. That is was, talk about hang on a second. Talk about cosmic. the cosmic canoe right there. Like that right there. And and this is like another thing that you when it happens, you gotta call it out because you know, another thing, a core belief in this podcast between Daryl and I is that we're all connected on a shared journey one way or another. And if you, when you find people and you pry a little bit, there's that. And that, that's like, that's too wild. I had no, I, that's amazing. So, well, think so, about it. so uh, sorry, Daryl. <laughs> no, no, real, just real quick. Cause I, I just want to, you know, piggyback off of what you were talking about, Carrie. I said cosmic canoe earlier, but just to, reinforce it you went down a wormhole with youtube and pretty much all pod social platforms right because you had an interest in bt bam brother j loves bt bam and then all of a sudden the cosmic canoe we talk about all the time it just slowly starts to merge us all together there's alignment right there's you know doing your due diligence as far as reaching out to people and handling stuff professionally but that doggone cosmic canoe man it just it, you already have an or you're in here with it, us, can't, so. it doesn't stop it's un- yeah. uncanny Ryan, just trying to keep up that's my whole life it's just trying to keep up and now how old were you when you did this oh my oh my god um that was like 20 20 2010 Something like that, because like I had just like right when he joined Dream Theater, probably it was like a year before. Okay, so he was still teaching full time. Yeah, yeah, because I was having uh, because I graduated high school in 2010, and I was having like aspirations of going to Berkeley and stuff. And I, you know, mentioned there at the time, and I was just like, hey, like, you know, like I'm just gonna send this out because again, for me, it was never about the covers and like the mass popularity of social media it's like i just wanted the people i respected the most to see me and be like hey what do you what do you guys think like i don't care what some 15 year old kid who can't do a paradiddle but what the drum kit says like (laughs) i I care about what mike bangini says so why don't i just go ask mike bangini what he thinks like that was my mindset right uh on top of some other but yeah like he just wrote me back he's like hey like this was cool like you know try play i cannot remember word for word what he said but it was just like hey like it was cool trying that then he just like wrote out like he's like, oh, try placing your accents here instead of where you have them. And I was like, okay, great. And next thing you know, now I have two grooves. And the best part of this story is I actually met him like in person at a drum camp like two years later. No, had no recollection of any of this. He had no idea who it was. <laughs> and I was like, totally fine. I'm like, honestly, I don't expect you to. I'm sure you get like millions of emails like that a day. So, but like, but again, the fact that he takes time to just like help out yeah. again, like, great. Awesome. Well, and and that, you know. I've been around those guys a lot in, in like normal life and I've seen how people come up to them and approach them and how they just adore them. And I, I was like that for a long time until I, you know, once I started to get to know them and, um, so it's not quite the same, same thing with BT Bam, you know, in both, both of these cases and just seeing how kind and courteous and they give everybody their full attention because they know that, like that right there, like he knows that it was just a, it took maybe five minutes of his time to do that. And that's something that stayed with you and has inspired you for probably for the rest of your life. You'll, you'll hold on to that memory. And it's like, when you can give that to somebody, you know, that's what we call shining your light on someone. And Mike is a perfect example of that he's, he is an energetic, passionate guy. And, um, when someone like that 
he's that's what he's doing. He's he's like sharing with you his light, you know. And then someday you'll pay that forward to somebody else in some other capacity, you know. Yeah, I I learned something, and you know, you had Bittner on the show. Bittner's, you know, a friend of mine. Stuff, you know, what I learned through like meeting or like emailing Mangini, getting back. There was a couple other people, like you know, Canada famous, that like hit me back and stuff too. And it's just like you know, Canada you, famous. Yeah, Canada. That's a real thing. Canada I know. Famous. I know. Um, you know, you, you kind of like learn that like the people who you want to work with are the ones you end up working with. And there are some like kind of letdowns along the way of people yeah. you thought may have been kind of like, the, honestly, even to the level of like the band I worked with back in January, you're like, oh, like you love what they do and stuff, but then you kind of meet, it's like never meet your heroes kind of stuff. Right. right. Um, but yeah, I just found that, you know, the people you want to work with, you know, you, you get that. You just feel because they'll respond to your dumb emails from like a. It's weird, and it is weird. It's but well, it's helped me along very. It's helped me a long way to like get to where I am. If that makes any sense. Absolutely, like, it's helped me get to where I am. There it is. Well, I mean, just just the fact that you know I know Daryl and that he's such a big part of my life, and we're on this path together. Like it blows my mind that I know somebody that played in the NFL as such as someone who just loves the sport and respects the game. And like, it was one of those things early on where like Daryl saw that in me that I like had a certain bewilderment and, and just, you know, just enamored with the whole thing. Passion. Right. Straight passion. Um, and when you have that for like, again, a band like dream theater or your guitarist and you find out about John Petrucci and it changes your life, you know, mm-hmm. um, we were just talking to Eric Gillette from the Neil Morse band and we had a, a conversation with him where it's like, yeah, dream theater just changed my life. It was over, you know? And, and it's funny to see how, like I ne- there's so many things like Jason Bittner, for example, that conversation, like I couldn't believe that we were having that conversation. Like it just, it was surreal because it's like, as a kid, you just, but like you said, subconsciously it just it like it ends up happening like oh wow here's an up to oh and now he wants to okay we'll go yes i will come see overkill you know what i mean like yeah. it's 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 crazy i mean i don't know i mean daryl what do you what's your take on that whole idea of of kind of the people you want to be with you end up working with um i i think it i think this journey with the everyman podcast and then the fact that we have carried you on and then you know the cosmic canoe is at work and then you also got to take into consideration guys like mike mangini who just like gillette is just like Bittner is they're just people right. they're down to earth honest hard-working busting their hump busting their balls people that are good all-around individuals that literally have light in them that they they're waiting to shine on people who are just like we we all talked about generally aligned in the same things and are equally passionate about those same things that they're into you know what i mean whether it's it, it, mike mike sends us sends me texts not just about music but how music cross-pollinates over with like football and like the mathematics of it all and the steps <laughs> of a wide receiver going down the field and uh, i'm sitting there reading this and i'm like Holy shit, he's right. Like yeah. you know, because I think this is like, he might be onto this something. Is fantastic. And when you have, when you like, and that's the bridge, right? The bridge that like just really sparks you. Like you bounce sparks off one another. You get really jacked and amped up because of that. Because you know somebody really not not just not only cares about you, but they care about what you're into. 
They care about you being better right where you're at and how it is that the things and the tools that they've garnered over the years can help you out. It's football and then there's drumming and music and this and math and that. And it's just, it really is kind of cool to be on this thing with you now, Carrie and brother Jay, you know how I feel about you. Love you to death. So like, this is, this is really awesome. So how do I feel about it? I mean, we always have this thing me and Justin talk about. We just say it's, this, it's just a tip because we just know that this meeting right here, this pod right here is going to branch out into other pods that is, that's going to find that commonality that we all started with. And it, and it all just kind of blew up. It's, it's just like the big bang, all about passion. You know what I mean? It's all about passion. So I'm, I'm jacked up about it. Every time we have one of these, I'm just really in awe that the universe is answering us back and bringing some really awesome people our way. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah you definitely, you definitely nailed it with like summing it up with like passion, you know, cause like I've, I've said that to a couple of like buddies and Pat and like just conversation where it's just like, you know, like the lack of passion on some people these days is like upsetting. Oh, like I'm not saying you have to be passionate about like music or sports. Like I don't care what it is, but like, just like be passionate about something, please. <laughs> yeah. And, and the cool thing too, is like, we haven't even gotten to it yet. Right. And like you are a Saskatchewan rough rider fan, right? Oh. I play with the Alouettes. I, now I know there's that we gonna get to it. We gonna get to it. But even even in that, right? We can we can all stand outside and look inside the globe. We can stand outside and look and know that that's another tidbit of the cosmic canoe coming together. So who would have thought so, that? So I know this is an audio podcast, but my face it went from incredibly transparent to red. Oh yeah. After the, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that after was yeah. Some, uh, yeah after the mention of the word. Bringing up some uh, some deep cuts there for I, a quick second. We'll I, get to it. Though. We'll get to it. Yeah, that yeah, was that yeah. was hilarious. <laughs> I wish I wish I cosmic had that canoe. Cosmic canoe. Cosmic. But listen, <laughs> it's it, it's it's absolutely like this this uh, explosion. It just will come back around somewhere along the line, and that's why it's so important to to kind of again you know, connect with people that you share values with. Now there are things Daryl and I disagree on, you know, and, and, and this on the Everyman podcast, we don't get into, you know, mainstream news and politics because we feel like there's a million places for people to get that. And that's just not what this show's about. And, you know, there are things that come up where Daryl and I will have a different opinion on, on something and it's okay. And it's like, Oh, okay. Cause we're two different people. Got it. And then, like, our values are aligned in the same, like, the, the things that are the most important are the most important. And we and we cross over where it's like, well, I'm incompatible if you don't, you know what I mean? Um, oh, yeah. it's, so it's, like, good to surround yourself with people that you can have, you know, um, that discourse with if you need to. Yeah, respect, man. That's huge, too, in any relationship, you know? Yeah. Brother James, my bro. We have disagreements on certain, like, I mean, it's really like, it's negligible because most of the stuff we just love about one another. This is just right. it's crazy. You know? it's just, but like those little things, we're like, oh yeah, very cool. Fuck that. We're cool. We're just keep going. Like, it's just, <laughs> and, and that's just, and that's just kind of how it is. But the respect is always there. Right. Like if, if nobody, if, if you like for anybody listening to this right now, if any relationship, buddies, pen pals, whatever, email friends, Listen, like if the respect isn't there, hey, you might want to, you might want to change your uh, your dot com there. <laughs> so, yep, no doubt. Gotta have that. Gotta no have doubt. It. So, we, we've covered, you know, how we got to know each other. Um, mm-hmm. What? How did you get involved with 
you know, Mike and Kev, like, did you, like, were you, what were you doing and, and how did you get into what you're doing now, you know, managing artists and doing all that behind the scenes work? Um, it's a bit of a crazy story. Uh, well, actually it's crazy is extreme. It's a, it's a very boring story. As I mentioned in our text before, I'm like, I'm, I'm so glad that like Mike and Kev were exciting. Cause I'm like painfully average as a person. So like, <laughs> oh, nah. you know, nah, talking man. to me is like a little, Hardly. little less exciting, but, um, you know, so like to put a timestamp onto when this whole thing really started to where I am today, um, you know, late 2019, I was, um, kind of like lost. I was working the same job for the past like eight years that I hated. Like I hated this job, but I was at it for eight years. Um, you know, just things weren't moving. Um, you know, I still lived with my parents and they were moving like far away because my dad had just retired. So I needed a new place to live. Um, you know, I put too much time into a relationship that I know was very one-sided on my end and just like I knew it, but was still putting time into it. And like, I stressed myself into shingles. I had shingles at 27 because I was just stressed. And at that point I was like, okay, I need to reset and kind of like, what am I going to do with my life at 27? Right. So we're 28. I don't know. I feel old, but anyways, (laughs) um, yeah. So I just kind of like thought about it. You know, I was like, you know what, I'm going to go to the one place I know I can think the best and have the best conversations. And that was, uh, Los Angeles in California. Um, cause someone who I looked up to immensely and this being my first ever interview, I would actually regret if I did not mention uh, his name. Uh, and that is drummer extraordinaire. Um, your favorite drummer's favorite drummer, uh, Dave Elich. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, that dude, since 2016 has like changed my life. We like not just drumming, but just like ideas, like how to live your life essentially. Um, so I went to see him in 2019 just cause I was a mess. And I was like, Dave, I need you to help me out. Cause like, I want to do music full time. How do I, how do I just shut up and do it? Right. Um, and yeah, like to sum it up, you know, we sat in his, his uh, studio, we played drums for like maybe half an hour. And then we talked about how to get me to California for like another 45 minutes and it was just like just so supportive and like just that guy has instilled so much confidence in me to do what i'm do uh, to do what i do um so yeah so he kind of just like hey man he's like just like go to school in the states for like anything just come play drums in los angeles and i was like okay great of course looking at that price tag i was like cool can't do that um so i just looked into different uh music business programs and i found one out in bc like i said i was in bc last year um, and that is uh, the Nimbus School of Recording Arts and Media, which was started by uh, Garth Richardson, the uh, producer. He's done like Rage Against Machine, Biffy Clyro, which is like a favorite band of mine and all this other stuff. And uh, yeah, so I signed up and I was like, yep, yeah, okay, like um, fall of 2020, I'm going to go and I'm going to do it. I'm going to quit this stupid job and I'm going to be a full time like music person. And it was literally a month or two later where the pandemic hit and things kind of got sideways, but, um, I don't know. It's just, I've just learned to kind of adapt with it all and move forward. And, you know, it's in the name modern era music. I'm trying to stay with the times. I'm trying to adapt to, to all situations. So to get to where I am now with Mike and, and Kevin stuff, um, through Twitch, um, Jason was just starting. He needed some help. I kind of was sitting in BC doing nothing. And I was like, I know nothing about this, but I'll help where I can. And, 
you know, Mike and uh, Jason had toured together, so they knew each other. So I kind of just introduced myself to Mike, who was kind of just getting started at the time as well. And I was like, hey, man, like, I'm going to school for, for this. Can I help out in any way I can? And he's like, you're on the team. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's been – I've had a conversation with that guy every day since January 1st. <laughs> wow. So cool. So cool. Living, living the dream, man. And that's, you know, you got to bet on yourself when you can. And if you're, if you're aware enough that you should take a bet on yourself, I think that's a pretty good sign that you should. At all times. Um, I will, again, it just comes down to having the passion to do something. And once you know that passion is in you, like fucking go for it. Like hundred percent. Like there's like, I still have friends who work at those jobs that they hate, but they want to do something else. And it's just like, you know, I have stresses of my life too, of course, taking a chance on myself, being my own boss, like literally working for my money. <laughs> Cause you know, there's no guaranteed paycheck in any of this, but like, those are the stresses that keep me motivated, keep me going. The reason I get out of bed every morning is because it's okay. If I don't get out of bed, I can't live the life I want to live. But at the same time, I enjoy talking to Mike every day. I enjoy messaging Kev. I enjoy reaching out to you for, to interview these people and, and all these other things I'm doing, you know? So like, yeah, any chance you get to you know better yourself, and like I'm doing it in a pandemic, so right, it's please only gonna get don't easier. come at me with oh, I yeah. don't know how to. <laughs> like, do not come at me with that because like I had all this plan set up. I even went to Nam in 2020, and I was meeting a bunch of people, and it was going awesome. And then literally a week after I got home from from Nam, the world shut down, and I was like, and I worked in healthcare too, so like my job was guaranteed. And in fact, I was making more money because of the pandemic. I still left. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, I'm still working for myself in the music and what I want to do. And again, no regret, zero regret. I absolutely love what I do. I love waking up every day to do it. Even when I know it's going to be a bad day, I still. <laughs> Passion. Man. Yeah, it's because you love, you love what you're doing. Now, you know, without getting too granular, what exactly is it that you're doing for these guys? So when I, so what I went to school for, um, you know, was the, you know, they called it the advanced music, uh, what is it called right here? Advanced music industry diploma is what I went for. And I, and I got, um, and it essentially was like a crash course, eight month like entrepreneurship course in music business. Um, and I just need to also, since, you know, I shouted out Dave, I also need to 100% shout out two very important people in my life. And that would be Jen Barker and Alan Moy, two of my teachers um, at Nimbus, because without them and their not only incredible knowledge of the industry, but just like electric personalities and unbelievable teaching methods over Zoom the whole eight months, I wouldn't even have the ability to do what I do. So I need to 100% mention them and so much love for them. Um, but anyways, so the course essentially was like every aspect you could think of in the industry, like you know, collecting royalties to like promotion, to like booking shows, to booking tours, to, you know, incorporating myself, to doing my taxes, to doing your taxes, to like, you know, just everything you could think of in the music industry in eight months. So with all that, and again, being an entrepreneur, excuse me, an entrepreneurship kind of course, you know, it's like when you have this knowledge, go do your own thing. Like it wasn't, you know, I could technically apply somewhere else, but this was go do your own thing. And that's what I wanted to do. That's why I applied for this course. Um, so my kind of approach to it all, um, you know, again, I want to do what I want to do. This is, this is my mentality since like late 2019. I'm just going to do what I want to do. 
and monetize it. <laughs> um, so what it, modern era music has become is kind of like an all around music services, kind of heavily on label services, but also with some management. Uh, so like with Mike, like I, you know, I run his expense reports. I track his merch store. I, you know, I just almost rented him a car this morning, you know, like just running all the day-to-day -day operations and then stuff for like Kev, where I built him an artist development plan. He wanted to do some social media things and, you know, build his Twitch. So what I did is I looked at his demographic. I looked at, you know, his, his schedule, what he's able to do and when, um, and kind of just pieced it all together and gave him like a six month plan to go do. Uh, and it's really campaign based because with the label services as well, I need to stress that I'm not a music label. I will, I will not own your masters, nor will I recoup any money you spend. <laughs> um, I just help with the promotion and I help with, you know, making sure, like I said, collect your royalties properly on every end, your digital performance royalties, your neighboring rights, you know, your mechanicals, everything, make sure it goes to you and kind of give bands the platform to be bigger, to present themselves to those major labels or indie labels, or just giving, you know, session musicians a brand of their own, kind of like I was helping Mike, or what I helped Mike with is kind of, you know, taking Mike Leon, the guy from Soulfly in the Absence, and turning, you know, that into Mike Leon Shreds and building oh, yeah. that. And, uh, and yeah, just some, like, some, uh, some local stuff here right now, just, like, uh, work with one band. Like, I booked their entire studio, and I budgeted their entire release. And it's been going actually pretty flawless, which I'm amazed at. <laughs> they've, uh, they've been very good about not buying lunch while recording at a studio, <laughs> and uh, they're staying on budget, which is lovely. So in short, you're kind of giving musicians and artists the business tools to do their thing at a, at a higher level. Yeah. Cause that's the, you know what? Like, I mean, obviously it takes some, a lot of hard work and some luck to really be that person who can play their instrument full time and be, you know, professional and I do that full time. And, you know, admittedly when I played drums and stuff, like I was a session guy for like six to eight years um, and like, I was okay at it. Like I got, you know, recording sessions and like live gigs every now and then, but like, it just kind of came down to, I didn't want to play with anybody unless they were my friends. I just wanted to play with my friends. Right. right? And, you know, going through this business course and kind of working with Mike and seeing everything now, like something else I really wanted to mention on this podcast is like, I found, you know, this is kind of anything, uh, but I can only really relate it to music is there's really like three key things you can do to really be successful. And there's three things to control to be successful. And one of those things is learn your instrument. Obviously you can do it privately. There's many amazing teachers like Dave Yelich. Um, you can I'm even sure get Mangini, lessons from Mike Mangini now. I was going to say, I'm sure Mangini could teach you a couple things if you ask them nicely. Um, you know, you could really get all this incredible knowledge and just put it on yourself and not have to owe, you know, student loans. <laughs> you can, you can do it yourself. So learning your instrument, yourself um health is the other thing you can control um i was a rowdy teenager and i jumped off a lot of things at high heights and i'm very broken <laughs> because because of those things um and you know it kind of obviously impedes drumming every now and then um so your health is the second one take care of yourself uh and the third if you do want to do this as you know music or anything as a profession is learn business if you're going to go to school go to school for business learn marketing, learn how to do your taxes, learn how to keep, you know, how to start a cash flow chart, how to budget yourself properly, your profit and losses. Cause that stuff 
you can apply it anywhere, right? So you go learn it, apply it to yourself. It, you know, that's what I do. So and it's worked out pretty good so far. <laughs> so those are the three things that's, you know, like learn what you want to do and be passionate about it, take care of yourself and then go learn business. The other thing I heard out of that, Carrie, and you, you you spoke you spoke on it, that that fear portion. Mm-hmm. So, and somebody told me this a long time ago that fear is the pre is the prerequisite to bring you into your destiny. Right. So, once you break that barrier barrier of fear, like you come into your own. No matter what you do, like you you're you're, you're you are so much closer to what it is that you feel that you know that you were put on this earth to do just by getting past that point. So like when you said, you know, Hey, you can't come to me saying, Hey, like, you know, you can't do it. I did it in a pandemic. I did it when like, you know, I was living in my mom's basement and I went over here to BC to, 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 to take it like that fear was all there. But once you broke past it, boom, here you are. So yeah, that's, that's awesome, man. That yeah, really, really is awesome. Yeah, like it's, it's, yeah, you know, it's funny because like last year, um, and I, I'm just gonna, this, this just came to me, but like to like further drive that point, last year, you know, Biffy Clyro, one of my favorite bands, regardless of the genre, you know, released their latest record. Um, and I love it top to bottom and stuff. And the last song um, on the record is called Cop Syrup. And it's a, like, it just rocks start to finish. It's got a nice little mellow part in the middle. It's like, six seven minutes or something like that but the last lyric which ends the song which ends the record because it's the last song on the record is fuck everybody woo <laughs> and i'm just i heard that and like i was just in the moment i'm like you know what simon neil you're right fuck everybody woo. <laughs> <laughs> like, like straight up and you know yep. it's you know it's a little it's a little aggressive but you know i i guess my point is just like yeah like i i genuinely don't care about the opinions of people i don't respect or I don't know, you know, that might sound a little, you know, condescending in a way or like I'm not myself, but like, not to, but like, like, yeah, like if, if you're someone who has achieved a lot and you know, I have that respect for you and you tell me I'm doing something wrong, then yes, I'm going to go reevaluate what I'm doing (laughs) and, and I'm going to, you know, approach it differently. But if, again, if you're just someone who just, you know, wants to do what I'm trying to do and, but you're not doing it and you have an opinion, probably not going to listen to it. (laughs) Just straight up. And (laughs) and that's, that's the tough thing about, you know, social media and just putting yourself out there in general, you know, um, you, you attract when you start putting content out there, especially on YouTube, you start attracting us, you know, there's that 1% of the 1% that's just there for a hard time. And, um, you know, this past week, I, uh, again, saw Between the Barrier to me at the TLA, and um, I met up with some of the mods from the steakhouse at, at a bar right before the show, and uh, all, the re- all, the, all the hitters are there, and it was, like, it was, pretty, it was pretty tactical, pretty elite, and um, we were just kind of sharing stories about trolls, <laughs> and I was like, you know, I got this message and it, I got it on like every platform and it was very weird, very detailed. And I made the mistake of like treating it like uh, an actual normal, I don't want to say normal, like a, a well-heeled, balanced individual statement, you know, because I, I didn't know any better. And it turns out this individual 
has done this to just about anyone that gets involved in any capacity. Like he, it's like I don't know if it's he's not a troll. There's something up with this guy, and he just attacks based on BT Bam internet stuff. It's weird, and I didn't start really seeing that until a certain point when the podcast started growing a little bit, and um, you 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 have to deal with that, but at the same time, like. It's it's a tool for connecting to so many other people and getting so much positive energy out there. And it's like, yeah, you got to get leave the gate open for the crazies every now and then. But but generally, you know, it's it's been a great tool to get your thing out there and get your message out there and connect. Yeah, Dude, I'm gonna say this right now. I don't mean to cut you off, Kerry, because I know just I'm going. We talk about this shit all the time, brother Jay, about the trolls and the people that want to jump in comments and say stuff. So for all the people that are listening to this right now. If you have an opinion about what my man Kerry just said, let me give you the fucking subtitles, okay? <laughs> it's a self-affirming broadcast to the universe that he bets on him when he's faced with fucking adversity. <laughs> yep. Okay? There it is. So when he's faced with adversity, he's betting on him to do what he wants to do, yelling out into the universe to be successful. And you know what? He's fucking successful because of it. That's my new ringtone. Because yep. anyone else wants to know what's happening. Well said. You have to sample that. Yeah. Fuck everybody. Woo. That's what it means. There it the is. Subtitles. Yep. There it is. The, the subtitle of this episode. So yep. you're doing your thing. What's the mm-hmm. best place to, you know, so we got a lot of musicians listening to this podcast, a lot of other YouTubers, podcasters, content creators. We've even got some OnlyFans uh, content creators that listen to the show. If any of these kind of individuals, if they're looking to kind of, I don't know, they got some questions, they want to do something, but they don't know where to start, what's the best place to reach you? Um, I'm going to say probably because, like, I don't know if giving my email on a podcast was a good idea. <laughs> but, the, maybe uh, not, but you have a website. Is there a social media that people can so, reach out to you through? So right now, social media is probably the best way to, to get a hold of me, and that would be Instagram. Um, I do have Twitter, but, like, I'm rarely on it. But on Instagram, it is modernera underscore music, and I will spell it out because if one more person says Moderna music, I might just quit. <laughs> Moderna uh, music. <laughs> Moderna. <laughs> it, you know, without, without the space. And uh, I'll put so that, and just so everybody knows, that, that the link to that will be in the show notes here too. Excellent. Cool. Yeah. Um, honestly, I'm on Instagram way too much. Aren't so you can put that and real quick to the, to the point of the trolls and stuff like that. I found and what really got me kind of, I mean, I haven't really posted much, but again, once the studio in the basement's done and I'll be playing drums a little more, you'll probably see a little more activity uh, on the social media from me, at least um, for me, it's, I don't care how many people I attract, as long as I attract the right people who are into the same thing I am that anyone who has something negative to say about it or, you know, quote unquote, the haters, um, and they can say whatever they want because, like, if you're not there, because, like, it, when you share something, and this is for everybody, when you share something, when you put time into doing what you think is cool, what you love to do, I'm, like, it could be a cover of a song, it could be a cooking video, it could be backflips, I don't, like, I don't care what it is. If that's something you think is cool, don't worry about how many people see it, worry about how many people who think, your cover or that song is cool or what you're cooking is cool or if backflips are cool. Cause it's not about attracting a big audience. It's about attracting the right audience. That is the most important thing. So when you get those stupid comments on Facebook or Instagram or whatever social media you prefer, honestly, it 
don't pay it any mind because that person obviously doesn't want to be part of your part of your plan. That person is not part of your career. Bye. <laughs> like, thanks for coming out. Thanks for boosting me in the algorithm by watching all 45 seconds of this. Like that's, <laughs> yep. you know, well, and that's, you know, Daryl and I have been saying that all along. I mean, we, we don't do any advertising for this podcast. We barely do any social media. It's all just, we put it out there and it's word of mouth and people, if people want to share it, they can share it and they share it with their friends. And we know it's because we see the numbers and we know what's going on. And, um, we've just been building our canoe and just inviting everybody on board that wants to be here, you know, and that's, that's, that's what it's all about. So you, you, you just put it in the cosmic canoe and send it down the galactic river. That's right. The that's galactic it, river. <laughs> that's it. That's right. Cosmic canoe North. Now <laughs> modern era music, the, the link is going to be in the show notes. Um, I want to get to some serious business here now. Um, I don't know. I know what's coming. and, and, and here's, here's the thing. So Carrie and I are talking last week, Daryl, and, uh, you know, obviously Carrie knows I do my research and, and you would, you would, and I were talking about Mike afterwards and you had said like, wow, he was impressed with how much you knew. And, um, I always do my research. I know you like to do your research as well. And, um, you were like, Hey, I didn't realize, uh, you know, I was looking at a Daryl. I didn't realize he played in the CFL. I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah. You know, he's a, uh, he's big time up there in the CFL, you know, Alouettes go Alouettes. Great cup champion. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I am, and this is, again, I love Canada. I want to be Canadian famous, okay? Um, Hell yeah, dude. I don't know much oh, about, Let's go. I don't know much about Canadian culture. <laughs> and I know, the only things I know about the CFL are, you know, my boy Daryl was there. He's a champion. He's told me the competition was legit. I've seen a lot of, Crossover, Mark Tressman, shout out to the Tampa Bay Vipers and the XFL. They're coming back 2023, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, I hear good things from Daryl. You know, uh, every now and then I see, I catch it on, on, on TV and I'm like, oh, this is cool. And that's generally my awareness of the CFL. Much respect for the game. However, we're talking and you're like, yeah, I, I can't wait to ask Daryl like what it meant, how it was like to be on the most controversial play of CFL history or whatever. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Send me a link. So, and this link will be in the show notes as well, because I want everybody to, to watch this and they can then have their own debates on it. Our take. So Carrie sends me this link of, uh, the end of, end of a game and not just a game, the, the championship, the championship game. game. Oh yeah. For the gray cup in 2009, right? Yeah. Alouette's kicker goes up there. Kicks a field goal, misses horribly. Horribly. <laughs> like, like, like. Fucking horribly. And it was what, like a thirty-one yard kick or something? Wasn't yeah. it? Wasn't crazy distance. It just was mental. You could tell this guy fucked it from the beginning. Somehow, for whatever reason, a flag comes out of nowhere. They say it's what a thirteen man on the field or whatever. Mm-hmm. They kick another field goal five yards closer. It goes through the uprights. Alouettes win. Saskatchewan is 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 disturbed. Now, what, Kerry? Who is your who's your team? Okay, so let me. Okay, so when it comes to a team, you know I'm an Ontario boy. It's the Argos or the Tie Cats. It's it's hard to pick one because like I literally live in between both cities. I'm literally 45 minutes from each. You know, if an Ontario team is doing well, go that team. 
Um, but to give like perspective on this moment and Daryl, the fact that you were a part of this moment, like blows my mind. Um, you know, I'm going to try not to get overly emotional here. I want you to get as emotional um, as you possibly can. Well, so, so the backstory, so backstory on my life, um, you know, the, growing up, I, I'm a big sports, I'm a big sports fan. Like overall, I love all four majors in North America, big F1 guy and stuff like that. But the only other person in my family who is, who's into sports with my grandfather. Um, so, you know, we'd watch hockey together. We we're both big hockey guys. You know, we'd keep up with the NFL and, but we'd watch, I watched every Super Bowl with that man for like forever and all the great cups and stuff like that. And, um, you know, when he, when he passed in 2015, I stopped watching sports. I kind of just, it kind of, I guess my love for it died with him. Um, recently, you know, shout out to the steakhouse, not just Blake himself, but the steakhouse, there's a lot of hockey fans in there. They've really reignited my love for hockey. And I've, so I got to give them some love too, because that means a lot to me. So back to the, back to this great cup story. So this particular year, uh, 2009, my grandfather was in the hospital. He had like a small procedure the day before he had to be watched overnight. So I went to the hospital to watch this game with him, the 2009 Grey Cup. So we're watching it. We're always going back and forth. We, he always chooses one team. I choose the other. We bet on it. It's like whoever loses by lunch kind of thing. It was always fun. Um, so, of course, we're there. I have to go to school the next day. So, of course, Montreal kicks that field goal and misses. I'm like, sweet, free lunch. I'm out of here. So I'm on the road. <laughs> Poor cell phones, by the way. I'm on the road. I get home and my mom's like, oh, like, I'm sorry that Saskatchewan lost. And I'm like, mom, I know you don't like sports, but like, Saskatchewan won. Right. Like, no, like, your grandfather called. He wanted, like, laughing hysterically, saying that you need to know Montreal won the Grey Cup. I'm like, no, mom. So, of course, I turn on the TV, go to TSN, and of course, there it is the infamous 13th man call and much like Seattle and the 12th man Saskatchewan's bid was oh we have the 13th man because the Rough Rider fans are insane and sold out every game so Saskatchewan all year was like yeah we got the 13th man and lo and behold with zero seconds left what screws them over the 13th man mm-hmm. and Montreal kicks that field goal and, and wins it so when I saw when I was uh seeing who Daryl played for in the in football and stuff and I saw 2009 Grey Cup champions I again excuse my language I was like this fucking guy like, <laughs> so, so my question and to kind of put a more positive spin on the end of it is um how did, how did it feel to be on the sidelines for that i have to know what that was like because you play defense you play defense yeah, play right? defense. yeah so, play defense. so i have to preface this right with this the game the game was was crazy because they were basically beating our ass the whole game i mean i mean if, if, if i'm honest I mean, if they were beating our ass the whole game. It's it was like seventeen to three going into halftime. It was like do we there was a point like midway through the first fourth quarter where we were like down by sixteen. Like I'm just sitting here fucking like there's no way we came all the way out here to get our asses beat by Saskatchewan. Because when we played them earlier in the year, we fucking drugged their ass. Excuse my language, but we did. We drug your ass. It like it was Free, free, free way to the quarterback it was awesome. It was great. <laughs> Go Alouettes, man. Back then, they used to call me Kimbo Slice. Kimbo had a big fro, <laughs> face fro to head deal going. It was it was glorious. I didn't I didn't had no upkeep whatsoever. There might have been shit living in there. I don't know, but it was great. But so they were like 
dogging us. And then, like, I don't know what the hell happened. It was just like. I know what happened. And Steve like, Calvillo remembered who he was. He was like, absolutely. Oh, he was the best quarterback in the CFL. Sorry, it was me... Colbert. It was Calhoun. It was fucking Duvall wanting to actually start making shit. And then that last one, it was like, the fuck, man? And then you got, well, Saskatchewan with the 13th man. Killed him. We win. I get a big ass ring and Jim Pop. We have a celebration the next year in the uh, mountains and glorious times. It was awesome, but but yeah, like it was. They were oh, they were dogging us that game. I didn't think we were gonna win that game. Yeah, I really I, didn't. Oh man, I, I love I love that. And like you know, like I mentioned, the steakhouse and hockey. Like you know, knowing Daryl that you were part of that moment, which you know I have my connection with, and all the football stuff. You know, like I feel like I could probably start watching CFL a little more now that I have been over the last couple of years and actually be into it now that I have that new connection to it and I actually brought something to show you something that I love oh so much um back in 04 when the Argos won the great cup um I lived in the greater Toronto area the GTA and um famous Argonauts player Michael Pinball Clemens was in town uh he came to the shopping mall <laughs> to uh, <laughs> sign autographs and my father was nice enough to pull me out of school because it was in the afternoon and I got him to sign this football for me. No, nice. uh, awesome. hopefully I do this right. It says carry dream big M pinball Clemens. Dude, and, that's uh, awesome, dude. I have an 04 like Argos championship shirt somewhere as well, but it's, it's probably yellow now and not that's nice. Really but, so cool. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm happy we had this moment because the CFL just started last week. It's up and running and you know, they didn't do anything last year, unfortunately, but they're going forth this year. And yeah, just, I've always, Love the atmosphere of the CFL. I actually grew up next to an old Argos player, so I went to games like all the time back when I was young. And yeah, so I'm just glad I got to ask you what it was like to actually be at that game that things happened. My then girlfriend, now wife, she was there with me too. So it's it was awesome, man. That's awesome. awesome. How how popular like on a house to house basis is the CFL in Canada? Is it pretty popular? Dude, dude, let me let me let me explain to you like how fucking awesome like Canadian football is, and I wish we would employ shit down here the way they go through it. You have guys that are playing football in their prospective colleges, right? And it, and they're eligible to play on pro teams while they're in college. What? Like 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 we had, dude, we had a defensive end that had been like within the in camp with Montreal two straight years before I got there. And then he finally made the team. So think about this. Think about like, all right, yeah, I'm going to camp with the Chicago Bears. Damn, I didn't make their roster. But then you go back to school after having gone up against fucking Olin Krutz. You're going to dog everybody in college, man. Like It's It's almost like they want their student athletes to be both students and athletes. That's crazy. Dude, right, right. It's crazy. So needless to say, the 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 way I love the system that they have from collegiate to professional sports yeah, that's in the CFL. The only thing that the only thing that kills me is the fact that I'm American because they can only have so many people on the field at the same time. That fucking sucks. But outside of that, wait, what is this? State? What what are they? What, what so are you they? It's, you can only have like seven Americans, or I forget what the <laughs> what? actual name. What you can have like seven Americans on the field at one time? Yeah. At, 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 is that is that is that like a competition thing to keep it from anybody signing too many ex NFL players or? Is it like it's, a, I, I, it's just the rules, man. The rules. It's like it's, it's like our radio. Rules. It's like our radio. It's like seventy percent Canadian content. 
You know how many American That's brands right. you know that you think are so popular? Like, I forgot like, you like, guys have like, that rule. Yeah. Like, some some games, like Mark Tressman is like, DC, like, I mean, we're pretty, like, we, we need this extra, yeah. we need this extra American to go for this game. You'll play the next game because, like, their offensive line is much better. Like, you know, like it, it was like, that's how you had to juggle. I'm like, son of a bitch. Well, I guess I'll be downtown Montreal today. This Sticky weekend. situation <laughs> there. Yeah. Wow. It's, but it's awesome, though. It, it really is. Like, you... And they love their teams, bro. Like, like dead ass love their teams. Saskatchewan, it's like, it's like them, and then like a place. Like, there's just like there's just the Rough Riders, and then yep. everything yeah. else. Winnipeg is the same way because, well, I mean, the Jets are around now for like the NHL, but like for a long time, like the Rough Riders in Saskatchewan, and then the Blue Bombers in in Winnipeg. That was the only professional sports teams. Yeah, dude. So that like, was just it. Like the mid and like the west, like even Calgary and, and Edmonton. Well, and you're and it's like who have the, NHL teams. This, still, the fan bases are insane. And it's so silly, you know. But my my whole knowledge of Canada comes from conversations I've now had with you and Chance Labrie, and also pro wrestling because I'm a huge pro wrestling fan. And everything in pro like Chris Jericho, the Hearts. Like I would learn about these parts of Canada, but mainly. Winnipeg and Calgary like that's like my only knowledge of Canada is like I just imagine everybody's like everyone must love pro wrestling in Canada and they are passionate about sports here's some here's some little more geographic uh some geography of Canada through wrestling so Edge Adam Copeland is from Orangeville Ontario which is where I have to go shopping because I live 20 minutes up the road in a farm town so I'm in Orangeville almost every other day so that's yeah, some crazy. connection. Some connection there. You know, it's, it's you know, it's funny, and this is like totally random here, but there's talk about cosmic. Edge was at like WrestleMania three when it was in Toronto when he was a little boy with his mom, and like WWE cameras captured, just happened to get him and his mom on camera as Hulk Hogan was coming out, and he talks later like how that was just such like an influential moment for him, and they ended up finding that footage. Because they like went to his like back to his mom was like, do you have the ticket stubs? Can we see where you were sitting? And they went through our, all this archive footage and found like that clip, and then they're using it in these like WrestleMania packages now. And it's like that is crazy, but like that can only happen in like that pro wrestling world where that's like, oh, here's. A... But eventually, you know, now who knows with the NFL, there might be videos of little kids, you know, uh, in the stands that they're catching now on a commercial or something go up to be the next you know tom brady in 20 years or something yeah dude can't wait yeah can't wait to yell at them for incomplete passes and uh <laughs> so what you know, what nfl team do you pocket. do you support who's your nfl team oh Bills? um so here's here's a really tragic story um i'm left-handed um you know playing drums left-handed i've obviously been laughed at a lot for playing backwards of course it's been a whole thing um but when i was a youngin and i first started watching the nfl uh mark brunel of the jacksonville jaguars was also left-handed and i'm like oh my god he's like me um so i became and still am very much a diehard and i've been dying hard jacksonville jaguars fan mm. for well, you got and, you got trevor lawrence and tebow now you're gonna be fine Oh God, yeah. I hope so because like yeah. I I came very close and by coming close, I'm just gonna say it, I bought but have recently sold a Blake Bortles jersey because I thought he was the answer. Uh Blake, if you're listening, uh 
you weren't. I'll say it to you. you <laughs> I love him though. Me on Instagram, sorry, bro. I like his. I like his. Uh, I've seen him on a couple things for Barstool. He's a very entertaining, affable guy. He's he get he gets it. Yeah, yeah just don't just don't take me to an AFC Championship game and let me down. That's all I ask. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's all. Dude, Mark Brunel was he was a bad dude. And remember when he had that? Thank God you're you're not a Washington fan because that would be even worse than being a Jags fan, to be honest. I think. I mean, it was nice because like Brunel's team did like pretty good, and obviously like you know uh, Byron Leftwich was obviously an unreal quarterback for Jacksonville. Love David Garrard followed him. He was also David Garrard. Like, yeah. The only, well, not the only issue, but like one of the big issues is when Jacksonville was like at their best is when Tom Brady the dynasty the dynasty started. Yep. And it's like, what do you do? Yeah, unfortunate <laughs> yeah. unfortunate time existing in uh, Ben, Peyton, and Brady's era. Yeah, um, pretty much. And it's just throw like, Throwing you know. Drew Brees, too. Yeah, it's – well, I'll tell you what. I think uh, Tim Tebow, I have no doubt in my mind he's going to end up with, like, 18 touchdowns this year somehow. Maybe, man, they, maybe 38 he, yards and 18 touchdowns. It's going to be something absurd. Man, but, I can't wait even, to see the first do you think game. Dale, do you think Tebow's going to make the team? Um, no, but I mean, it, it, it could potentially happen. I mean, you know, he's, we, we've always talked about this, you know, there's the kneeling, there's Jesus, there's, you know, Hey, it, it, it might all cosmically come together for the kid. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, if anyone was going like, to do it, it's going to be, like, him. I'm like kind of rooting against him making a team. Cause he's so good in front of the camera though. Like, I think his man, ultimate calling it. is a pro wrestling villain. I think is his ultimate Dude, Tebow is a wrestling villain. Yeah, because Holy he'd be a natural. Crap, he just—he's too clean. Everybody would turn on him immediately. He would make—he could make. What would millions. his outfit be though? That would be—that would be the thing. Like, what would Tim Tebow's wrestling outfit? Well, be? obviously, he'd have to. Yeah, I mean, the guy. Listen, let's not get weird about it. But the guy's a fucking specimen. Okay, he's like, <laughs> it's a little—it's a little unnerving watching him jog around. It's like, is really this guy? The perfect guy? Okay. All right. I guess. Okay. So what you're saying is he'll probably be wearing neon jeggings. Okay. Right. It. It'd be some Got sort it. of flashy, you know, yep. skin tight attire. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and definitely he'd have to do things. He would have to cheat to win. That would be the big thing is talk right. about how great he is, how, you know, how much better he is than everyone because he's so he just pure tries and, Right. And he tries he, harder and look at me. I'm better than you. And then the only way he can win is by cheating. I'm telling you. Pro wrestling psychology is real world is is ahead of the real world. I'm telling you, you know, right now. You know, it'd be better writing for Tim Tebow as a pro wrestler if he came in because, like, obviously he's not he's Tim Tebow. It's like when Rousey came in and all these like other people came mm-hmm. into wrestling. You know, Tebow's known as like the football guy, like the, the star. It would be better if he came in and acted humble and people just complimented him like crazy. And he's like, no, like, come on. But he still cheated to win all the time. So he acted like, oh, no, I'm not great. Don't worry about me. But he had to cheat all the time to win. I humble, yeah, the humble dick. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, I don't know how you would write that, but that's like my. That's I, I could do it. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to send them a few notes and say, listen, you guys can keep these, you know, sh- shred shades are for, are for Carrie. Tebow, the supervillain, is for you. Um, I think it could be be a no-brainer. Um, Listen, Tebow makes the team. They even sniff the playoffs. He'll catch me kneeling all over social media. That's all I got to say. Well, he's going to – but but you know what? Just Tebow planks. I, yeah. The, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be uh, – it's going to be special. But Trevor Lawrence looks like he's, again, going to be just fine. Um, but I guess the question is you never know what happens once people start hitting you and – Bodies start mm-hmm. throwing, flying around. Mike so, yep. everybody's got a plan until they get hit in the mouth. Exactly. <laughs> so, Carrie, modern era music on Instagram. 
Um, That's me. We'll be able to keep up with you on that. I'm I'm certain that we're going to have you back on the show. Uh, I think Absolutely. I think we're going to have to have like some sort of CFL special because if if, if the Everyman's going to become the like third largest Everyman podcast in Canada behind like Joe Rogan and you know all those other guys like if they, you can fit on the American list somewhere of of acceptable <laughs> Americans um, that would be great and I think to do that we're going to have to talk about the CFL so I'm sure we'll we'll have you back on um, this has been an absolute awesome conversation man thank you so much for you know sending us some love with all the awesome conversations we've had with Kevin Mike um, but Carrie you're an everyman you're an awesome dude thank you so much brother thanks for having me guys I had a great time absolutely yeah. We'll catch you down the road. Bye.